you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Melissa. And this is Dane. And we are so happy to have you back on our podcast. It is shedding season, which is, you know, a lot of horses, a lot of animals out here. The dogs in the house, and we have Bernie's Mountain Dogs, so they are... People say, do those dogs shed? And we go, only 365 days of the year. They do shed a lot. And the horses are shedding, and we it's a little windy in the spring where we live, so now it's just yeah. blowing ha- hair everywhere, so... Would you like another uh, hair sandwich? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do feel like that's, you know, the hair... Dog hair, I think, has a lot of calories. That's what I figured out because I think that's it. But today, I wanted to return back to like one of the core topics that I teach about and one of the core topics in our programs and that I've actually spent a lot of time in the expos talking about. And that's the topic of horses and their somatics. You up for that? I am, but uh, I really don't know what the term somatics is. Just I hear you say chakras and somatics, but... So are you telling me you're going to be pretty quiet in this podcast? Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Well, that's okay. That's all right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, other people may not be as familiar with the word either, but, you know, there's a lot of scientific proof and a lot of people who recognize, and certainly you saw it with Molly, that there's a direct connection between the mind, the body, the spirit, and those operating systems operate in things that we can't literally touch sometimes or see or directly feel, but there's a deep connection, you know, to what you think and how you feel and the energy fields of the body. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. 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 Actually, I'll back up a little bit and I've been doing the expos, whether they are equine affair or uh, there's several of them around the United States. So all the big equine expos, I started doing that when I was invited to speak at them, uh, actually in 1991. And back then for the expos, even to talk about the word somatics or the word chakra or that horses had chakras or energy fields or vibrations or anything else, it was considered a little out there. You know, it was pretty... right pretty nutty sounding. I remember early on, it was before you and I were together by a good decade, and I would turn into the expo organizers what speeches I was going to do and what demonstrations with horses I was going to do. And they'd usually have me do four or five over a weekend. And I would put that one down. I'm going to talk about the chakras of the human body and the chakras of the equine body. And oftentimes they would put the different trainers and speakers in different either round pens or arenas or small places around the thing, they would stick me so far out on the edge because I think they thought nobody was really going to be interested in the topic and people probably would hike through all the horse trailers that are being sold, you know, to come out. But quickly within a couple of years, they learned that it was the opposite that there was nobody on the circuit really addressing it. There was nobody standing up, taking a deep breath, talking about it. And for me, it was a big part of my work. So it came naturally for me. And I met a lot of fantastic people across the country who were grateful that I was willing to talk about it. Well, I know now when you're speaking at any of these expos or whatever engagement it is, people are almost standing in line to get in to listen to you speak about whatever it is. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever it is I'm saying. You don't know what I'm talking about, but whatever I'm talking about, you see them line up. So that's good. That's good. Well, 
I wanted to go into it a little bit because there may be people listening to the podcast that would like to apply this to their own horses or learn about it a little bit for their own horses. So I thought I'd cover it not in deep depth like I do in class or anything, but just a little bit so people can have more of an awareness around it for themselves. So how I got started with it is as my training in psychotherapy was concluding, I was also interested in body language, the study of body language, how body language operated. It just fascinated me. And I knew I wanted to learn more about human body language. So when I was sitting across from a client, I could pick up more clues that their body was giving them. I have for 40 years said that the body speaks the truth and the body speaks it first. I've always believed our body kind of uh, tells the tale. And then the job of the therapist or the coach is to put all the other pieces together. So a little bit like, you know, the FBI does those profiles on bad guys and stuff. And they look a lot at body language and salespeople look a lot at, well, poker players play a lot with body language. So when we think about body language and we think about the mannerisms and the movements that people make, those movements are often coordinated with something in their physical body subconsciously. It's not the person saying, my heart is broken. I'm now going to lift my hand up and place it over my heart. It really doesn't work that consciously. So for me, I was watching a lot of that. And at the same time, I was doing some classes in holotropic breathing and yoga. And so I was learning about chakra fields. This is in the dark ages, by the way. But I was learning about chakras in the human body. And my yoga teacher was talking about how the energy fields came down through the crown of the head, followed the kundalini or the backbone, the center of the person down into the root of their spine. And that's the way the energy traveled. And so I was paying attention to what she was saying. And I was paying attention to what they were telling me were some of the meanings of each of the energy centers. So it was very basic at that point in my life, very, very much memorization, pretty basic, trying to understand it all. And one day I had an epiphany. And I've never seen this in a book. I've never read it or heard it on a podcast or heard anybody else talking about it. Maybe they have because we have collective consciousness for sure in the world. But at that point in my life, it felt like, I don't know, felt like the fog lifted and I connected two very important things for myself. One was that the body language and the way that the mind put together the body language with what the person was expressing verbally was also tied to their chakra. And I mean, it was like the tone of music of the sun coming up. It was a really big revelation for me. And I've written about it in my book, What in the Heck is Gestalt? Because forevermore, that became a leading part of my methodology and something that I really went into in Gestalt. So let me give you a good example. If you are heartbroken and in anxiety around something that is grief stricken and heartbroken, you might wring your hands. You might place your hand over your heart as you're talking about your heartbrokenness. You might move your shoulders or hunch your shoulders forward. All of those things are part of the chakra of the heart. We have hundreds of chakras, by the way. We just give a lot of lip service to the primary ones on the Kundalini. And so let's take another one. It's thought of to be called the third eye. 
it's thought of as sort of right above the two eyebrows on the human face and in the center of the forehead. And it's associated with intuition, things that we know at an intuitive level. Would I be speaking to a client, it was common for them to say, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in my marriage. I don't know. And place their hand literally over their forehead, rub back and forth, shaking their head in a no movement and say, I don't know. I don't know. We've all done these things. But what I recognized was that they were saying, I don't know in my intuitive field. I don't know. Right? So there's many of them, lots of them that tie to our human body, the way we express ourselves in body language. So, so in turn, it's, it's almost like they're rubbing the third eye and saying that they don't see it. Right. Exactly. I don't see it intuitively or I don't, or I'm not listening to that part of myself, et cetera. And, And all of the chakras have these that you can tie into and it's part of what I teach. And so that's just a couple of examples, you know, of where that goes. So body language connected to chakras, connected to gestalt, it, it all tumbles together like Sherlock Holmes's best story. Right. So back in the day when I lived in Boulder, And I was working through the expos, connecting that horses being a living being and a living creature actually were highly sensitive to their own chakra fields. And I was pretty fascinated with how humans in our body relate to the equine body and where the healing bridge is between the chakras of the equine body and the chakras of the human body. So that's been basically a lot of my life's work has been decoding and figuring all that out and putting it to work as a healer. But I would open it and I knew back then, not so much in 2022, but back then, even the word chakra was edgy and new and pretty far out there. Well, I lived in Boulder. So I would open and I'd say, I'm Melissa Pierce. I'm from Boulder, Colorado, which is 25 square miles surrounded by reality. So hang in there with me. I'm about to talk to you about chakras and not just ours, but your horse's chakras. And people would laugh and they would be okay with it. What I knew was that the association of it was a little too far out there at the time. Now people have sort of normalized it, brought it more into the vernacular. And certainly when I first said horses had chakras, that was very new thought. Today, there are different providers and different people that have done their own sort of understanding and decoding and writing about it and all of that. I have a poster that we sell at Touched by a Horse that is a poster of our stallion Go Robin Bar. And it's it breaks down the chakras, the equine chakras, and they're all color coded and it says what they are. And I did it in vinyl with grommets on it so it can hang in a barn or an arena or the side of a pen and get hosed off and stuff lasts a long so time. My question is, I don't understand why you would want to know the chakras of horses. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure you understand the passion for horses to begin with, but yes, that's true. So for me, they are our partners. They are a living, breathing being. And part of their communication field, both to me, to a human, and to each other is this vibrational field of energy. And part of the energy is related to their chakras. So it's how they speak to each other in a lot of ways. It's how they know what's happening. It's how they know if they're safe. But in my work, it's a big part of how they heal humans, how they support humans, how they heal humans, how they reach into what's fractured in us and help us make it whole. So for me, I've decoded a lot of that. And that is 
really what a lot of my methodology is based on is blending gestalt, the understanding of our unfinished business and our parts of self combined with somatics, which is the body energy field, combined with the equine and their ability to make actually alterations, attunements, shifts, and elevate the field as well. So it all ties in together. You're going to have to take my two-year course, honey, to find out I hear how you. it that's, all works. That's a lot. How it all that's works. A lot. It's a lot. So one of the th- for early things that I think horses helped me understand immediately and that you as horsemen out there may see for yourselves, they are four hooves on the ground as opposed to our two feet. They are not as exposed to the electromagnetic world that we live in. I carry a cell phone. I'm sitting in front of a computer talking into a microphone. Our house has a couple of TVs. I mean, there's a lot of electromagnetivity in the world around human beings all the time. I don't know about our listeners, but my horses don't have their own iPhones or their own TVs in their stalls or any of that stuff. They hear radio music or music that we play in the barn uh, when we're down there, but they mostly live a much more pure field in that they kind of have a higher sensitivity, they have a higher dependency too on vibrations in the world, on if they're safe, if they're okay. It's actually been measured, for instance, that Horses can sense something from the horizon to themselves, no matter how far the horizon is. So I live in the West, right? We live out in the West. We can see for miles out here. When I visit my friend in Maryland, uh, not so much. You know, there's a lot of trees. It's beautiful. There's a lot of trees, but their horizon is much closer in. So here, if our, well, you've seen it, if our alpacas start alarming because they feel a threat in the forest behind us, which is 40 acres away, they start alarming in fear. The horses are alerted. Everybody's on, whether it's a bear or a cougar or an imaginary thing in an alpaca's head. They're already alarming. Animals stay alive by sensing things way far away, whether it's fire or an animal threat or a human approaching that they don't feel good about or whatever it might be. So not only did the horses show me quickly that they were more in tune and much more highly sensory centered on the vibrations and the energy in the world. But those four feet on the ground, they bring their chakra energy. If they could speak, they would say, we believe it starts from the center of mother earth and is an offering to the divine. So they feel it goes from the root, from their hooves or our feet, up through the body and comes out the top to the divine. And today that's the way I see it. And when you read about it online, you'll see it both directions. You'll see some people working the energy from the head down and some working from the feet up. And for me with horses, they will tell you every single time that the energy moves from the center of the earth, from mother earth up. Being such a sensory animal, they are amazingly aware of what's happening in our chakras simultaneous to what's happening in their own. Mm 
Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. So without getting too heavy into it, because that's not the purpose of our podcast, I wanted to give some general understanding that our listeners could have with their own horses. And I will tell you that your horse at home may work with your chakras from his muzzle, moving his muzzle around to different parts of your being, of your body, of your what we call ethereal or auric field, or they may align their body literally up chakra to chakra, both are okay, or they may have yet again another way of doing it. And because they can stretch and sense that energy field out to the horizon, they're not dependent on being up close to you. They can be helping you from a great distance. So if you've got a broken heart, and you're sitting on your back patio and your horses are in their pasture 100 feet away and your horse senses your broken heart, he can still help you even from that distance feel an elevation, you know, in the heart. I always tell the funny story and it's in my latest book that I'm writing about now that all my life I knew that I could, if I was in a rough mood, a tough mood, sad about my daughter's illness or whatever it might be, I knew I could go to the horses and feel a lot better when I got home. And so I would go and I would ride my horse and then afterwards give him a bath and make his favorite treat and maybe scoop out the water and make sure it's all fresh and make sure all the sawdust looked fluffy in the stall and my tack was clean and everything. Now, I left there with my horse looking like a million dollars and I left there with me looking like a homeless person. And always I'd have to stop at the store. I don't know what that was about, but you'd always have to go somewhere. You'd run into a friend you hadn't seen in a long time and you you look like a homeless person because you've been washing a horse all day. But it was fun and my smile was big and my heart was full and my energy field was really different after I spent that kind of quality time caring for my horse. So there's something to that right? They are working on us all the time. And when they're allowed and when they're recognized for it, they really turn it on. They turn it on a great deal. One for you to do, and please do this only if it's safe for you to do it with your horse. I don't know your horse. I don't know the age of your horse. I don't know your experience with horses. I don't know your own sense and abilities around horses. But if it is safe for you, if your horse is out in a pretty good size area, let's say a pasture of a half acre or more, or a large arena, anything like that, 
and it's time for you to go bring that horse in or be with that horse in some way, if it's safe to do so and you can go out and stand with that horse without a halter or lead and take your watch off before you go out there, take a few full breaths, go out and just stand with your horse. Most horses at that point are a little surprised because we're doers. We usually go out the minute they're standing still, we've got a halter on their nose and we're leading them in and we're going to do something. You know, we're going to ride or lunge or do something with the horse. So just going out and being is a real treat for them. Most horses, 99% will relax after a moment or two when they realize you're not moving, when they realize you're standing quietly. Once they've gotten over the shock of that, they will take their nose to the ground and they will begin with their muzzle to take their assessment of you, left foot, then right foot, then left knee, then right knee, then left hip, then right hip, like that all the way up your body. If you stand quietly and you just stay breathing and still, most horses, again, will go behind you and they will repeat that procedure behind you. So now they've got their assessment of how you are, how your chakra are aligning, if any of them are out of whack, what you need, how you're doing. And let's say that you are holding on to a truth that you need to tell your best friend, but you're resisting telling them. Maybe you're a little worried how they're going to take it or something like that. Or you are you want to tell your boss you're quitting your job and you're scared to go in and say it. Your throat is what they'll focus on. So they may bring their muzzle up to your throat area. If they're a highly trained show horse, they may do it from two or three feet away because they've been taught there's a physical bubble between horse and human. If they they are allowed to, and it is safe for them to, they will put their muzzle right on that area. Sometimes they'll go around from behind, they'll go to the front. Other times they'll line their body up with that part of their chakra in alignment with your own. And what they're doing is raising the vibration. They're, they're raising the tone that they hear and the color that they see. They're raising it all and you walk away feeling better, especially in the area that was out of whack. So an extremely basic, primitive run through on this. This is not everything to know about it, but I wanted to give you a little bit in this podcast that you could grab onto to kind of understand it. So the chakra that we refer to as the root, that is your feet up through your tailbone and your horse's hooves up through where their tail is what's called the dock, the D-O-C-K, which is where the tail attaches to the horse. And there's some musculature around there that allows the tail to move back and forth. That's the root on the equine. So what is the root? The root's all about being safe. It's about connection. It's about grounding. It's about the very basic things that we need in our life food, shelter, safety. Everything starts with the root and everything starts with life being okay if we're okay at the root. The next coming in is the sacral. And in the sacral on the human body, it is your lower abdomen back and front, your lower sector. It is all of your intestinal tract. It is your sexual organs. It is all of those things and has a lot to do with creativity, with bringing projects to fruition, with birth, with connection, with creativity and creation. And in your horse, if you know that funny little patch of hair that grows upside down on their flank, that's from there back to the tail dock, 
that is their sacral chakra. And the same for them. That's where they'll be, if they lack water, where they're really drawn up and sucked in when they're not feeling well. It is also for them one of the most dangerous parts on a horse, as we all know, for colic. Things that get stuck, things that can't come to fruition. So they have a lot of similar issues if they are anxious about new horses in the pasture. Sometimes they'll have difficulty in their second chakra as well. Third chakra, solar plexus. So in essence, it's the barrel of the horse. It's their belly. It's their barrels where we sit on their back. Uh, it's that big musculature around the middle of the horse that we squeeze to get forward momentum. On us, it is also in our solar plexus, the mid of our back and the mid of our front. For lack of a better way of saying it, it is where we hold fear where we hold butterflies in our stomach when we're hesitant about something, but it's also where we find will and determination to go forward. And it's the same for the horse. That's one of the things I've tied together is how from primitive man, the first person who climbed up on the back of a horse, decided that squeezing a horse with both their legs would be the cue to have the horse go forward. How did they know to do that? That's will and determination. That is following the natural of a chakra. They could have trained a horse that pulling on their mane meant go forward. It could have been anything. But because we actually are wiser than we allow ourselves to understand, if we listen to our natural instincts, we decided, you know, squeezing on their will and determination would be a good way to do that. The heart chakra for humans, it's your hands, your arms, all across your upper chest where your physical heart lies. In a horse, it's across their front chest and down their front legs. Most horses, their hearts are at least 10 times the physical size of our hearts. They are a very loving animal and they're very sensitive to how we relate to them heart to heart and in that heart chakra way. So people will wring their hands, they'll touch their heart, you know, they'll cross their arms. There's a lot of different body language that we use for that. And all the natural things that we think of with heart, which is love and peace and relationships and connection and all those yummy things. And for horses, it's much the same. You'll see two horses often standing uh, tail to breast and scratching each other's backs, but they're doing all of this lovely heart connection through the body as well. And with us, obviously, with us as well. Now, another one is the throat chakra. And for horses, it's a little different. For us, we know where our throat is. We know we can sing, we can speak, we can cough, we can do all these things with our throat. And certainly all of the logical things are there. There's a lot to speaking our truth. There's a whole lot to people learning to speak their truth. And for horses, they have a lot of verbal cues. They have whinny and snickers and all these different things that they do. They neigh and they have certain vocals that they do when they're trying to cue another horse. They have certain ones when they're angry, certain ones when they're scared, much like we do. But they also have a second voice chakra or truth chakra, and that's at the top. So think of one at their juggler underneath where their jaw and their neck connect. That's their verbal speaking, just like ours, verbal speaking chakra. But they have another one on top of their neck, a little bit forward of the crest. And that one you'll see expressed by the height of their neck. If they're very honoring of you, it's very low. If they're scared, it's very high. If it's level, they're at peace. They have a thousand different ways they communicate with us in the height of their neck 
neck when they're on free liberty. Then of course there's the brow chakra. And so for us, it's the third eye. It's between our eyes and slightly above. It's thought of as the seat of intuition and knowingness and clairsentience. And for horses, it's where we see their swirls. It's where we see between their eyes on their broad forehead, how the hair curls in either one, two, three, or even four swirls in there. It is there also their third eye. And for a horse, my preference is that they're never padded or or anything there. They can be rubbed there. They actually like to be rubbed there, but not so much padded. It's a little offensive really to pat their third eye. And it is their deep seat of clairsentience, which is their intuitive knowingness. And a lot of the healing that I do through horses is located. The information they've gathered ends up there and is expressed through their brow chakra. And then the crown. So on humans, the crown is on the very top of our head. It is where certain faiths have yarmulkes or the Catholic faith had women always wear hats into the church. We have a lot of different faiths that know that that top of the head, we value it in a newborn human infant because they obviously have that open crown and are very vulnerable when they're first born there. And a horse remains vulnerable there. That is called their pole. It's between their ears. And that whole area of a horse is extremely vulnerable. They should never be hit or hit it accidentally or anything else um, because they're whole life depends on that not being crushed. And that too is their opening to source. There are many words for God. There are as many words for God as there are concepts of God. So whatever you're comfortable, if you're comfortable with the word source or spirit or God or Allah, whatever floats your boat, we're talking about that connection to the spiritual realm. And that connection is a direct connection, both horse and human from the top of the head. Now horses have one more, and this is your homework assignment from this podcast, I suppose. And that is their brachial key. It is located on their shoulder. So what I'll ask you to do is stand facing your horse. I'd have your horse the first time on a halter and lead rope, but stand facing your horse, stand on the side that is opposite to your dominant hand. So if you are a right-handed person, I want you to stand with the horse's left shoulder facing you. You're literally, your toes are toward their hooves that you're facing them that much, not sideways on a 90 degree angle, but actually directly with your toes facing their hooves. You take your right hand and you gently spread the fingers, not extreme, just a little bit, just so there's light between all of your fingers and slide that hand up the shoulder of your horse, the left shoulder of the horse with the right hand. And as you slide it up, the best way I've been able to explain this is it feels like you're sliding your hand into a glove. At some point on that horse's shoulder, your hand wants to stop. It feels very comfortable there. And it just feels like the shoulder of the horse was meant for that space. That's your brachial key. Breathe into your feet being on the ground your palm of your hand on the beautiful brachial key of this horse and know that that is the connection of source and horse and human is a great place to receive a spiritual gift from your horse and it's a beautiful place to send a spiritual gift through your horse or to your horse. So that brachial key again 
don't bang on your horses, really stroke them. They like to be rubbed and stroked more than they like to be patted. And experience that brachial key. I think that would be a really fun thing for you guys to experiment with and to feel that brachial key and notice what happens in your body when you do. Last thing I'll say about the brachial key is some horses and a lot of mine are gypsy vanners. The gypsies are a high sensory breed and some other breeds are as well. And they don't want the hand. They want you to find the brachial and then pull your hand away an inch. It's too much energy, horse, source, and human touching them. So they they allow you to find it and then just pull your hand off about an inch and keep it there. And uh, you'll have some major connections uh, with your horse doing that. And if you're interested in our chakra poster or our chakra CD, both are available through our store and our website. We'd love to have you take a look. So did you learn something today, Boo? Yeah, I've learned quite a bit. But the crazy thing is I always, you know, when you're speaking, you you actually speak to horses. <laughs> And then they somehow can understand what you're saying and actually do what you're asking them to do. I don't know how in the hell that works. Does that that have something to do with the chakras and the vibrations? No. no. I don't know. No, that's my witchy Dr. Doolittle ability or something. You have seen some amazing things like that. It is pretty funny. You'll say... You need to do your job. Yeah. And then they'll yeah. go over. Go and, to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or Rafa, you need to move over so she has more room and he'll move over. Or I, I got a bunch of those. My students laugh at that because they'll bring their horses to my arena and it's some horse bonded to them. They've had the horse for a lot of years and that horse will be listening to me every word I say. I can say to that horse, well, what if you took your muzzle to that, to her heart? Try that. And they go, oh, okay. And they turn around, take their muzzle over 60 yeah. feet away to the client's heart. So. <laughs> I, I don't know how you pull that off. Has nothing to do really directly with somatics or chakras, but it is fun. I will say it is fun. I don't know how I pull it off either, but I do. So it is fun. Thank you, honey. I appreciate it. Did you learn something about the chakras too? I though? did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. I know sometimes you're thinking something else while I'm speaking. I never know. Well, we hope you guys have a great week. We thank Hope Through Horses for being our sponsor. Please go to hopethroughhorses.com to see how you can be involved in supporting them in all the beautiful work that they do in the world. We're very grateful and we will see you again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.